Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about when kids are bored. (laughs) I'm sure if you're like me, hearing your kids say, I'm so bored, might be the most annoying phrase of all time. So if you've ever heard your kids say, I'm bored, or it's ever annoyed you when they're bored, or they bug you when they're bored, then this episode is for you. You're going to love it. This is how it goes, right? So think about this. What do moms usually say after their kid says, I'm bored? Think about yourself. Like, what is it that you say when your kid is like, I'm so bored. There's nothing to do. What I notice is that moms typically start right then to offer a bunch of suggestions. Okay, well, why don't you do blank, right? Whatever that is. Of course, the kid rejects the ideas and then the cycle continues of them complaining and you offering ideas and them not liking your ideas. And then you kind of get mad and you cut them off. You're like, enough. I've already tried to help you. You know, you kind of give them like a little mini lecture or you just give in. You're like, fine, here's your iPad. (laughs) If this has happened to you, if you've been in this like your kid says, I'm bored, and then you try to help them and they reject all your ideas and then you either get mad or give in you're not alone. This is really common with moms and dads. So I want to break this down for you and give you some strategies so that you know how to handle boredom, especially because summer is coming and kids are really bored in the summer. There's a lot less structure. So I want to really kind of start to equip you for all that summer stuff that comes up. So let me tell you what's going on in your kid's brain and why they don't like your ideas. What is boredom? Where does it come from? I like to think of boredom as being a gap between activities. So think about like your brain, anybody's brain, it's like entertained or engaged in something. And then that entertainment or input stops. And then there's like a bit of time between the thing that stopped and before the next thing starts, before the next entertainment starts or task or engagement or whatever it is, the brain is in this gap time. And then that is boredom. Unfortunately, that gap is uncomfortable. The child is happily doing whatever they're doing, or, you know, they were just even doing like homework or something. And then they stop and they're like, I'm bored. It's really just because there's a gap and that gap is uncomfortable. There's a space of time between things that the child's brain is engaged in. When you go right in to solve that problem, like give your child a suggestion or an idea of what to do with their brain, their brain is actually not ready for an idea of what to do next. It's not ready for a solution. It's still in the process of wishing the other thing wasn't over yet. It's just not in problem-solving mode yet. It's like, I just want to be in this experience of being uncomfortable. During that gap of from one thing to another, your child's brain has to work extra hard to find the next thing. It's like the brain wants the next thing, but it doesn't really want to work that hard to get it because the brain doesn't really like working that hard. It likes things that are like in a pattern and easy, and it wants to not have to be uncomfortable. It wants the easiest way out of its discomfort. It wants that quick fix, that quick hit. The brain just wants the next thing that's going to immediately satisfy them. So when your kid is in this, what I call the boredom gap, the bored brain is sort of freaking out and it's like, okay, okay, we need to find something else to do. But the brain wants it to be like really easy. 
your suggestions aren't usually that easy. They require some work or some effort, right? You're like, hey, why don't you draw? Or why don't you color? Or why don't you play a game? Or why don't you go outside and jump on the trampoline or go for a bike ride or read? All of those things require effort. And the brain is like, no, I want it to be easy right now. So some easy things for your child's brain is to just sit there and complain. Annoying, but easy for them. They can start bugging their sibling. That's one of the main reasons why boredom happens. I'm going to talk about siblings next week. Lucky you guys. I'm sure you're like, when is she going to talk about siblings? Okay, next week, I promise. Bugging siblings is such an easy way to get entertained. That's what you might see in this bored brain, this boredom gap, is that your kid starts complaining. They start bugging their siblings. Asking for sweets is super common when your kid is bored. They go from most of the time, it's like something delightful, like, you know, being on their devices and then it's time to get off. And then they're like asking for sweets because their brain is like, how can we get that quick hit again? Or they'll just start asking for more screens, right? More tech time, more device. You might end watching a show on the television and they're like, okay, can I watch my iPad now? (laughs) Or you're like, you're done with Minecraft for today. And they're like, okay, but can I watch YouTube? I know that's frustrating as a parent, but at the same time, the brain is just trying to find a solution that's easy. Of course, these behaviors are super annoying for you and you want to get them to buy into all of your good solutions and you have good ones. Like you're a really good mom. You have really good ideas. And your kid is like just rejecting all of those ideas. And that's really irritating for your brain because you also want comfort and ease and want things to be easy. And your brain's like, just do the next thing and everybody will be happy. So because your brain doesn't like how your child's handling their boredom gap, it goes into like this fix it, change it, stop it, solve it mode. And it almost activates your stress response. Like your kid's boredom activates your stress response. And your brain is going to try to solve your kid's problem. Now, you might be helping in the short term, especially if you give in to sweets or you give in to screens. But what doesn't really help teach your child how to deal with the discomfort of boredom in the long term. Because here's the good news. Boredom is actually temporary, right? It's just a gap between one thing and another. And what's cool about kids, what we like about them, is they're actually naturally drawn to play. So they will find a way to stop being bored. Their brain loves to be entertained, and so it will find a solution, but it takes some time to get the brain to buy in to like, let's solve this problem. So I want you to remember that boredom is temporary, and it's not actually your problem to solve. It's your child's problem. When they're in the middle of that boredom gap, that gap between activities, that's where your child's growth happens. Let me tell you some of the cool benefits about boredom. So one thing that's really cool about boredom is that it encourages imagination and creativity because the brain is like, how can we entertain ourselves? And what should we do? Boredom is like, let's go do something creative. Let's find something imaginative to do. That boredom there, it requires problem solving. And so while your child is bored, they're working on their problem solving skills. And it might take a little while for them to find the thing that's satisfying. And that whole take a little while, that's where you they get grit. That's where they get kind of like, ooh, I'm going to stick to it until I solve this. And that what they're trying to solve is their own entertainment, right? So they have a problem. 
They're trying to solve it. That requires problem solving, imagination, creativity, and creates grit. So when they do solve it, guess what happens? Your child gets more confident. So when they solve their own problems, then all of a sudden they're like, hey, I am more confident. I know how to take care of myself. The other good things about boredom is it improves their mental health because they're able to like find stimulating things to entertain themselves that are satisfying. So there's a lot of really great aspects of boredom and your brain is going to try to jump in and get rid of it. So I'm going to give you some strategies about how to handle that when your kid is bored. Short answer is that I want you to allow your kid's brain to struggle until it finds its own solution before you step in and offer the solution. So before you step in, you're going to need to wait. You're going to need to just be like watching them in their boredom, letting them be just uncomfortable. One of my favorite things I say all the time is be comfortable with your child's discomfort. Boredom gap is uncomfortable. Your child is experiencing discomfort. And that's going to be hard for you, but I want you to learn to be comfortable with it and then allow your kid's brain to struggle to find its own solution. Trust your kid while they're in the boredom gap. Trust that they are going to be able to figure it out, figure out what to do when screens and sweets and playdates aren't an option in that moment. Okay, I'm going to do something embarrassing. (laughs) So when Lincoln was little, he would get bored and he would ask for sugar sweets or a play date. And I actually made up a little song to entertain myself and process my frustrating emotions. I would sing it like sugar, 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 TV, TV, play date, play date, sugar, 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 TV, TV, play date, play date. That's basically what Lincoln's solutions were a lot of times. And I would have to hold off and be like, there's no sugar, there's no TV, there's no play date and wait for him to come up with a new plan. The good news is that he did. That kid knew how to play played Legos, played cars, built things, like played outside. Both my kids were really good at playing. And I think it's because they had a lot of experience being bored. So before I get into my three steps to handle the boredom gap, I want to talk for a minute about screens. I am going to do a whole episode on screens, but I want to first just kind of help you understand that screens and devices and technology, they are super entertaining right? That's what they are. They're entertainment. And that's why we all love them. Like you also love your Netflix shows and your social media feed and whatever you have on your device that is entertaining to you. You also love books and whatever you love. And so you love it because it's entertainment, right? It's joy. So screens are that, right? Kids love to play video games. They like to watch TV. They like to watch YouTube. They like to watch other people play video games, (laughs) They like to watch TikTok or whatever, or chat with their friends and be on FaceTime, right? Whatever they love to do on their devices. Technology is just like this easy, easy way to satisfy the brain's need for fun and novelty and connection and distraction. The brain loves when things are fun and easy. It just loves it. And so that's why kids crave tech so much. It's this very fast and satisfying form of play. It's similar to your kid craving candy more than broccoli. What parents think is when their kid is wanting a lot of screens, they start to say, oh, my kid, you know, is addicted to screens. And I want you to know, like wanting a lot of something doesn't mean you're addicted to it or that anything has gone wrong. It's normal for the brain to crave things it likes, to crave screens, to crave entertainment. But of course, as the parent, 
You know that your kids crave sweets too. We don't need to make them wrong for wanting sugar, but we know that they don't need that all the time or like need so much of it. Just like they crave candy and we don't give it to them. They crave screens. It's not great all the time. So kids think of it as like an entertainment diet. So kids need a lot of different forms of play besides technology, just like they need a lot of different food besides crackers. So remember, just because your kid wants something doesn't mean that there's something wrong with it. Of course, that means you have to set limits around devices, just like you have to set limits around food. When you have your limits around devices or screen time, your kid is going to get stuck in the boredom gap. They're going to resist. They don't want the discomfort of stopping the fun thing and then the discomfort of being in that boredom gap. And that's when you're going to get those resistance strategies. So remember, you have to remind yourself, this is totally worth it. Boredom is fine. It's not a problem. Boredom, my kid's desire for screens or sweets doesn't mean that they're addicted to them. And I can trust that I can just wait for them, move through this discomfort and solve the problem. So here are the three steps to handling the boredom gap. The first is naming it. So just like my little song, you know, sugar, sugar, TV, TV, play date, play date. When it's happening, find a way for yourself to go, aha, oh, I know what's happening right now. My kid is being super annoying and, you know, bothering their brother, or my kid has asked for a bunch of things like sugar, TV, play date, whatever. Name it like, oh, this is the boredom gap. You can even remember like, oh, wait, Darlene told me about this in the podcast. Like, this is the thing happening. She told me this was going to happen. It's happening. Just remind yourself, this is the boredom gap. It is so powerful for you when you know what is happening and why it's happening. I cannot express that enough, how important that is for you. Because then you can manage your brain around it. You can say, oh, their brain is resisting my screen time limit because it's uncomfortable. You can remind yourself, this is temporary. I can handle this. They're going to get through it. This will get solved by them. I recommend only thinking this, not saying it aloud, because your kid might be really annoyed, being like, don't talk like that. So if you can, just think it. That's great. But you know, if you have to be like, oh, you're bored, you're in a boredom gap, that's fine. If you have to say it out loud, fine. Second stage. So we name it. Number two, be compassionate. I want you to learn how to be ready for the big feelings that come when your child's brain freaks out because of the boredom gap. Stay neutral. In this moment, do not argue with them. No, you can't have screens because you already just finished screens. Well, you already had a cupcake at so-and-so's house and that's why you can't have a cupcake. They're not into your logic right now. That's not going to help. It's only going to make them more angry. So don't argue, don't explain, don't justify your reasons, don't lecture, don't try to convince your kids that your limits are good. They're not going to buy in in that moment. Your kids' big feelings will come out through their behavior. They're going to show that they're uncomfortable with their behavior. And your brain's going to want to punish them and threaten to take away screens unless they stop complaining or arguing or whatever. It's actually not helpful in the moment when they're completely activated and bored and uncomfortable for you to threaten that they're not ever going to get it again, whatever the thing is that they want, play date, sugar, or screens is the most common. If you go right into that moment and you start to threaten them and you want to punish them for their behavior, for their feelings, it's only going to make things more complicated for your child. They're going to be more activated and less likely to solve the boredom problem in the first place. 
So instead, I want you to show them compassion and let them go through what I call that big feeling cycle. So using your connection tools and compassion in that moment, making sure everyone stays safe, of course, but watching them go through the boredom cycle, the boredom gap, letting them move through it. Once your child, so number three is become the guide. So we've got naming it for yourself, being compassionate towards your kids, and then number three, becoming the guide. This is what you all want to jump to right when the boredom gap starts. You want to start right in there and try to solve the problem. But I want you to learn to wait and allow them to move through the feelings and the discomfort before you start problem solving. So once your child has released some of that discomfort, their brain will naturally shift into a little bit more problem solving, like seeking solutions. Your child will be ready to find something else to do. So the more you're like a witness of it and you're just watching like, oh, they're in the gap. Oh, these are feelings. Okay, they're going to get through it. Kind of being in that compassionate space and you're waiting because you're not participating, you're observing, you can notice, oh, I think they're coming down. Okay, I think they're like sort of ready. And that is when you get to guide your child towards the problem solving. I love scripts, as you know. So you can say something like, hey, are you feeling bored? Just ask them like, you're saying you're bored. Are you bored? You know, that way they know you're listening. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Of course you're bored. I'm sure you'll figure out a solution. Let me know what you come up with. So you're just like, hey, kid, I see you. Are you feeling bored? Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, you were doing something fun. And now that fun thing's over and you haven't found a new fun thing yet. And yeah, of course you're bored. Well, I trust that you're going to figure it out. Let me know what you come up with. That's very empowering, by the way, for your child. Now, some kids, they really want help, right? So you can say, uh, are you feeling bored? Yeah, that makes sense. Or uh, looks like you're looking for something to do. Let me know if you want any suggestions or you can ask them, do you want any help figuring it out? So ask the question before you start offering solutions. Let their brain say, yes, I want help with this feeling of boredom. And then you will help them come up with some ideas. In the upcoming workshop I have called Plan a Summer with Kids You Actually Enjoy. I have a list of 80 things that you can offer to kids when they're bored and it's in the toolkit. So you're definitely going to want to get that. But I'm showing you that you want to wait before you offer any solutions until you've allowed their brain to go through that discomfort and then asking them, do you want some help? Let me know. You can just do this when they start bugging their brother. Like, oh, I see you just hit your brother. I wonder if you're feeling bored. Yeah, of course. So everyone stays safe here. Let me know if you want any suggestions about what to do with your boredom instead of hitting your brother. (laughs) Now, your job as the guide is to wait. You're being comfortable with your child's discomfort. You're allowing your kid to struggle. You're getting that buy-in. You're trusting your kid. So how long does it take? How long do boredom gaps last? Honestly, it depends on how often your child has been in a boredom gap. The more boredom gaps your kids have experienced and moved all the way through and solved, you know, got that to the end of the line and like shifted their brain into a new activity, the better they are at moving through boredom gaps fast. So the more kids are bored, the better they are about moving quickly through that boredom gap. How do you help your kids have more boredom gaps? It's by having limits on the things, just like you limit sugar, if you do, if that's a thing for your family, it's not that the technology and the screens and the sugar and all of that are a problem. You know, they're not a problem of themselves, 
But the problem is when our kids rely on those things for stimulation and entertainment and quick hits, because then when they don't have them, their brain isn't trained to find new ways to entertain themselves. So you want to teach your kids how to shift away from easy dopamine hits into more satisfying types of play where they're a little more creative and they're actually like developing, you know, a whole zoo with their blocks and their little animals and, you know, getting engaged in that type of play. The way that you do that is by creating limits around screens. If that's your child's go-to thing, then you're going to want to have limits where sometimes that's not an option. You can have it be really consistent where you're like, you can have your devices on the weekends for two hours and that's from 12 to two or whatever. Or you can be like, you can have 30 minutes every day after school or we don't do it on school days. Like I don't tell you what your limits should be. Choosing to create limits helps your child's brain pivot towards other activities. So when you create what I call these screen-free breaks that are long enough to allow your kids to move through their cravings and protest and then into a desire for something else to do, they get better and better at entertaining themselves. So the more screen-free breaks you create, the easier it will be for your kids to shift from that restless protest to creative exploration. Now, of course, there's going to be lots of resistance and protest to these screen-free breaks. Your kid's not going to like it because of all the reasons I've shared in this episode. I want you to allow for some of that discomfort, set limits that you can actually follow through on, and be compassionate with yourself. If you give in, it's fine. Just reset next time. Be compassionate towards your kids because they want what they want and don't make them wrong for wanting it. And just keep at it. Keep at creating those boredom gaps and allowing them. Now, of course, summer is when you see the most boredom gaps because there's a lot less structured time. I am sure that you don't want to have a summer filled with a bunch of device use followed by a bunch of boredom gap behavior, which leads to you as a grumpy mom because you're not even sure what to do. And it's just like that chaotic, all they want to do is use screens all summer and they won't go outside and uh, right? So I don't want this summer for you and you don't want this summer to be an endless argument about screens and then all that frustration. So if you want a summer that is not an endless argument about screens, then you have to sign up for the Plan a Summer with Kids You Actually Enjoy workshop. In this workshop, I'm going to teach you exactly how to set up your summer days so that they include these screen-free breaks and really specific strategies to deal with the boredom gap. That's what you want if you're like, yeah, I want to have better limits around this. I want to have a better summer. I want to have more connection and fun. Then you're going to want to sign up. It's going to be May 31st, June 1st, and June 2nd. So the end of May at 9 a.m. Pacific. I'm going to hop on Zoom, do some teaching. There'll be replays if you can't make it live. And then you'll also get that Plan Your Summer Toolkit. And it's jam-packed with scripts and schedules and ideas to create a summer that you actually enjoy. To register for that, you go to calmamacoaching.com backslash summer dash plan. We'll also link that in the show notes and you can access that on my Instagram and wherever, all the places. So, you know, register for that. You'll get the toolkit. You'll get some teaching about boredom and strategies for handling it this summer. So this week, I want you to go forth 
and let your kids be bored. I promise you'll survive it. All right. Have a great week and I will talk to you next time. Hey mama, if you've been listening to this podcast and thinking, oh my gosh, yes, I'm so ready to get out of this chaos and create more peace in myself and in my family, then I want to invite you to join Calm Mama School. It's my lifetime membership program where you learn how to stop yelling and feeling overwhelmed by parenting, teach your kids how to manage all of their big feelings, and set limits that actually work. It's lifetime access for getting everything you need to have the family you want and become the mom that you're meant to be. No matter how old your kids are or how chaotic your family is right now, I can help you create peace and joy in your home. To join, go to calmmamacoaching.com and get instant access to my online course and start coming to weekly coaching calls this week. I can't wait to help you transform your family. See you there.